What's going on, Travelers? Shemay Man, Just GQ, and you are tuned in to another episode of The Travel Guys, the podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. Got a great episode for you today here, but we're going to start this episode off the same way that we have. While we are changing up the format a little bit, we are going to start it off the same way we do the other episodes by welcoming the new listeners. So, bienvenidos to the show. And also reminding all of you who have not subscribed to go ahead and tap that subscribe button. And additionally, please rate us and review us. Helps us rise in the rankings. And, you know, just helps with search situations so that we can help more people and really make the world more accessible to everyone, which is our goal. Now, I mentioned before that we're going to switch up the format a little bit. There's been a lot of travel news that's been going on lately, and so I just want to open up every episode with basically talking about the hottest things that are in travel news, just to make sure that everybody's staying abreast. I think a lot of times we get fed news and media that doesn't necessarily resonate with what we are interested in. And if you are listening to this podcast, I would re- I would imagine that travel would be somewhat important to you <laughs> as you've gone out of the way and, and hopefully have recommended this show to family and friends to listen. So the the biggest the two biggest stories are one the Boeing seven thirty seven Max Story. So I know that a lot of you all have heard about the two plane crashes, planes going down in Indonesia and Ethiopia, and the cause being the, or the common denominator being that they were both Boeing 737 MAX planes. Those have been grounded for all of the fleets that, that I know of. I know Southwest came out pretty early on as saying, as being one of the airlines that were no longer going to fly these flights even though Boeing and I can understand because it's their revenue stream and their their profit that's being hit I'm sure they're they're it's crazy over there right now especially from a PR perspective just making sure that everything is that they that their brand is not totally diminished cuz Boeing makes a lot of planes and I think that this specific model has had has had issues obviously but there the margin for error is not wide for airlines you know people every time you are it doesn't get talked about a lot but anytime you take a flight you are risking your life to a certain extent like you you are you're you know giving it putting it up and i think we think about this when we feel turbulence but that's the the reality of the situation now you could argue that you know living and taking advantage of situations versus dying while doing nothing are, you know, go hand in hand. You know, choose a red or blue pill, what do you choose? But this is kind of the reality of the situation. There's been some recent reports that have come out on the Boeing 737 MAX situation that say that it was a glitch in the software. Basically, the pilot tried to uh, turn on autopilot, and that was when the, the plane took a nosedive. So, not to freak anybody out, but just something to keep just really... Uh, you know, valuable perspective uh, about this situation and just making sure that you are aware of what planes you are flying on. If they are, if it is a 737 Max, I think that that's an opportunity for you to be educated and to say, I'm going to not fly on this plane <laughs> if you feel strongly about that. 
Secondly, the thing that's in the news is the Wow Airlines update. Now, many of you remember Wow Airlines. We actually talked about it in season one and seasons one and two of the travel guides because it was a new discount airline. They had these bold pink planes, but most importantly, they had this stop, this European stopover program where basically you could fly to Iceland for free to for little to free while and then, then have a seven day, or you would buy it in my bed, you would buy a flight to Iceland and you would get a seven day stopover in a European country. So you were just getting a ton of value seemingly for little money. This came to an end yesterday where when the airline folded, basically canceled all their flights. They have stranded people all over the world, and it, it, nobody's got answers for them. They have just shut down the operation as a whole, and what was happening was that they weren't making any money. The, the, the proposition uh, you know, just wasn't generating enough profit, and I, I think the CEO was quoted as saying that he wanted to eventually offer flights for free. This is just not a strong business, just to be all the way honest. I think that they actually cut half of their fleet last year. I don't think that I know that, and so I, I. But I don't think that that was knowledge that we were privy to when it was happening. I think that that has all come out now that the airline has abruptly shut down. So prayers up for the thousands of stranded passengers. I know some of the in the spirit of the travel community, the airlines have started to offer discount flights for those passengers so that they can get home safely. I, I have heard if you are one of those and you are listening, one of those passengers that's stranded and you're listening to this, that you should be working with your credit card company first to work on refunds. And then after that, look at travel insurance and other avenues. I think that the ship has sailed. The proverbial ship has sailed for wow air and i don't think that they're doing much of anything these days so it sounds like maybe it got the operation the operational expense got a little too high and they just decided to cut their losses and unfortunately that was at the expense of the people who had um been helping them so that is as very unfortunate but yeah Wow Air, no mas. So hopefully there's a, an opportunity. I actually was pulling for them because I, I like when disruptive airlines get some shine. I think they drive a lot of change, a positive change. Thus is business, right? I remember when AirTran came out, and a lot of people go back and forth. Everybody knows I'm a, a pretty big Southwest advocate. However, I remember when AirTran came out, they were they undercut everybody. And AirTran, you could get a when I was in college, you could get a a quick flight for a hundred dollars, you know, uh, probably two hundred from Louisville to Miami or or wherever. And when Southwest bought them, that's when they no longer were the or needed felt the need, I would say, to be the lowest cost flight provider. So. I think they've hung their hat on strategic from a strategic sense on their customer service and thinking that people will, which I definitely will, pay a little bit more to not have to worry about the hassle of that you may go through or lack their uh, lack of cu- customer service that you might receive with <coughs> United, who's trash. Uh, excuse me, I had a cough there. <laughs> but yeah, so I think they've they've just hung their hat on that. So, moving right on along, I've been on a couple trips recently, spent St. Patrick's Day in Washington, D.C., which was actually the second year straight 
that I've spent St. Patrick's Day in Washington, D.C., so that was a bit of a, I guess that was on accident, but good times there. D.C. Is all, always treats me, treats me nice, but, uh, and I'm, I do want to talk, I'm going to talk at length about D.C. in another episode, but today I'm going to talk with you all about where I just came from, which is Curacao. Now, while I know Curacao based off of the its relationship in the ABC Island trio, I realize that Curacao is a bit off the beaten path, but it is a Caribbean island off of the northeast South American border. So if you think on on a map kind of in that um, in the in the in the Caribbean Sea beneath the the which is the body of water between the states and and South America, that's where Curacao sits. I didn't know anything really about Curacao except that I wanted to go there. I'd seen a couple of pictures. But it was, and this is honestly one of the few times, for those of you following me on social at GQ50, I posted a picture saying that this was one of the first trips I had been on without doing extensive research prior to going. I saw a glitch and caught an American flight for 2.20 to get down there. The flight's about two and a half hours, uh, and we stayed in the Wilmstead uh, area in the Peter Mai district um, at an Airbnb, so it was like it was a it was a pretty solid situation that was uh, that was going on. That was one, that was the first glitch that I that I had caught. So I was happy that I was able to to get the ticket for for the low. But Curacao was a little different. It's definitely like a mashup of cultures. It, it gave me a, a sense that was similar to Cuba. If you go back and listen to the Cuba episode, I believe in season one or two. There's it, it, there was just a, a mashup of people, to be all honest. Like there was just a lot of different people and a lot of different cultures that you're able to brush up against. It's technically or officially rather, it's a Dutch area, a Dutch country. However, there's Portuguese, Spanish, Caribbean influences peppered throughout, and all and that comes through most notably in the in the language. Uh, they have their um, native language, their native tongue is called Papiamento, which is just that is a mashup of all of those languages together, and you know it creates this unique, vaguely familiar language that you're hearing spoken throughout the the country. Additionally, people do speak Dutch and Spanish and Portuguese there, along with English. Everybody understood English when I was down there, but it was just an interesting dynamic, to be all the way honest. Additionally, with the unrest in Venezuela, you have a lot of people who have fled Venezuela and who have come over to Curacao seeking refuge. So that is that is an added Latino influence that you have in the, in the country. It was kind of funny because when we got there... We're staying in this real player Airbnb, which ran us about sixteen hundred for the four-ish days that we were there. But it was like a two-bedroom situation with like a huge living room, dope kitchen, had a pool outside that walked right up to the beach. So it was just it was a real dope situation that we that we had going there. But when we arrived, we couldn't get in. <laughs> so you so like we like the for those of you who have stayed in Airbnbs. When you arrive, they give you these instructions that you probably have gotten through the app, but then the execution of those instructions can be can be a bit challenging. So it'll be there's typically like a lockbox or something like that. That's how it was when I was down in Puerto Rico, and it was like you you had to walk over the river and through the woods, or I mean, in raw reality, like across the street behind a 
a light pole or something like that, and there's a lockbox on there. You have to put in a, lock, a, co- a code, and then you get the get the key out. Well, these instructions were you had to go to the main building because these were apartments in like in a in a full building, but they were closed. So <laughs> everybody's looking at we're looking at each other like. What's like what's what's good? We walked down to this this spot called the Bluebird Cafe, which is basically a karaoke bar that but it's kinda like low key karaoke, like there's no stage. People are just like sitting around drinking and passing around a mic. So it's very it has a very house party type of feel. And then we met a a friend from Estonia who was gracious enough to help us and that was how and so everybody knows everybody down there. So apparently there were there there's security and these security they were irritating me because they weren't really doing anything. These these cats were in Black Levi's with black Tommy Bahama shirts and riding around on Huffy bikes patrolling the area. So basically we had to wait until we got in touch with one of them or until the, the bartender was able to get in touch with one of them. And that and that's how how uh, we were able to get into the into the Airbnb. While we were there, though, there were there were a few Americans that pulled up. And it was it was dope to be able to talk to them because they were in the in the service, and so they had like some some areas. But they but the the consistent theme that um, that people had was how why Curacao? Like how do you know about Curacao? What made you want to come to Curacao? And I think that the curiosity of Curacao is something that it just let me know that it's a low key spot. So like for those of you who like low key spots and like a uh, uh, an air of exclusivity curacao might be a dope spot for you to for you to consider as i mentioned before we're staying in the peter my district which was near city center or near downtown everything was pretty much walking distance after the 30 minute ride from the airport the airport is something that you should be a bit leery of. Like the airport is cool, but like the cab situation is a little different. I mentioned that we got in late. So apparently, and I don't know how much this is fact or not, the dollar wins. The official currency is the guilder, and that's about one guilder is about 55 cents in American dollars, American currency. So we win there. But basically, the cab drivers said that it is. It's mandated. There's a flat fee from the airport to downtown or to Peter Mai, which is $40 during the day, $50 at night. This held consistent on the way back to the airport when it was only 40 I was able to negotiate down from the 50 to 40 and they took it. They were going to take 30 but I did not have 30 I was just curious to see if I could negotiate it. And so, but they, but the thirty dollars was contingent upon other people riding in the car. So, just something to be contingent of, or something to be aware of, cognizant of is the the word I was the words I was trying to use the phrase I was trying to use. However, you should just make sure that you have at the very minimum a hundred dollars cash. There are I would plan to take two to three hundred. I typically will rely on my credit card because points, and that is something that actually I meant to acknowledge in the previous episode regarding uh in the international currency piece or currency exchange piece and how to plan your international trip you should always have 
a credit card with no transaction fees. It just makes life a lot easier. And additionally, if you're traveling with people who are cash heavy, you can pick up a check and then they can change you out. And it's just a beautiful thing. But in the case of Curacao, they do take American dollars. You may get you may pay a little bit more, but you don't have to change money out necessarily. And additionally, I was also planning to have a converter or to need one, but they, at least in our Airbnb, there was an American plug there as well. So that was the plug. Is that too corny? I don't know. Just live with it. Deal with it. Let it, let it sit in your soul for a little bit. So a couple things to just be, be aware of. We woke up the next day and went on a beach tour. This was with Irie Tours. They were pretty good. No real complaints there. It was just it's a nice, cheap way to get around and see the and see the the city, see the area. It was about sixty five a person. But went to Flamingo Beach and went to Shete Shete Boca Boca, which uh, and then went to uh, for those of you again who follow me that y'all seen my cliff du- jumping or cliff diving. Some of you all were very critical of my qualifying it as cliff diving, but cliff jumping. Off of the 40-some-odd-foot cliff, it was actually pretty dope. And then you go into, like, some of the, the other coves that are that are pretty awesome and very picturesque. So it's a nice a way to get a lay of the land and see all the beaches. Curacao has, so it has some very, has some nice beaches. It was interesting because there were, there was a heavy slave-like uh, air, it's heavy slave theme throughout this tour. And I, it, I was taken back to the sentiment that, when you think about black folks in South America, in the Caribbean, in Central America, and in North America or in the United States, the only thing that differentiates us is a stop on the boat, on the ship, slave ship. So it, it was just made me think about that because I was just it, everywhere they were, not everywhere, but it was just, it was definitely a consistent recurring theme throughout where they were talking about slavery and its existence and how it helped to build the area and the infrastructure and all these things, which is very true for America. America was built off the backs of slaves, but that's neither here nor there. Actually, it is everywhere because the infrastructure is all around. Moving right on along. Then uh, after that, we went to a salsa bachata club. Y'all know I love to move my hips because the hips don't lie. We got to kick it a little bit there. But I talked to one of the bouncers and he let me know that San Tropez, which is an area, specifically a club, that a beach club that is in... Wilmstead was where to be on Friday nights. So just for for those of you trying to kick it, go to San Tropez during the the early night. And then he said that everybody came to the Salsa Bachata spot. I forget what its name is, but it's down in that city center era, area. Near 27 was the landmark. It was always popping for the whole time. And once we went in, realized that 27 was actually paying homage to all of the creatives or all of the artists who have died at the age of 27. So when you walked in, you saw Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Amy Winehouse and everybody. So Kirk Cobain, they were all around. And so I was like, oh, okay. So it was a little morbid, but I think it also is a live music spot as well. So that, that made, that made more sense. However, while 27 can be your land, your landmark, the salsa bachata spot is the, is where people go after, after San Tropez. So on day three, that's exactly where, where we went. 
explored the city a little bit, walked around, ate a little bit. The food was phenomenal. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. However, went to San Tropez Beach Club and just really kicked it. They had an infinity pool that that goes into the Caribbean Sea, so you get like some nice, you know, for those of you who are, who are just enjoy the ambiance, that's there for you, but they also have obviously photo ops for you know, those fire Instagrams that y'all love and that, let's be honest, I love as well. So it was a it was a good time there. And and then additionally the other main beach club is Maduro, which is in Mambo the Mambo area, Mambo Plaza. But Maduro is like on the bottom and that bumps right up against the beach. So there's like a, a Vegas Vegas style pool situation with a DJ and everything and then you take you go past the bar and there's you know uh, cabanas and chairs and everything and you can go into the into the uh the sea there's like a little cove there where you can where everybody can can hang out and it was it was packed um to be honest we went to uh maduro on sunday and had a little sunday fun day there and it was it was pretty dope the i would say a major key or a hack is that you should depending on how many people you're going with you should always go you should you should go with the bottles there as i mentioned we win on the currency so you can get a bottle for if you think you're you're dropping you know 10 12 dollars on a drink if you get a bottle for 50 bottle of champagne for 50 then you're winning you know and you and if you're like me i definitely when when i picked up a bottle at duty free a bottle of tequila a liter bottle which you should definitely be aware that it is a a liter and not a fifth we made that mistake in spain one time and then realized why we were so turnt after we after we polished the bottles because it was a liter and we we got a third more alcohol than we had planned so but if you get a, a, a picked up a liter bottle from duty free of tequila and need and need to finish that off sw- uh smuggle that into the club as well so <laughs> After the champagne was done, we were able to start on the on the tequila. But it's definitely much more economical to buy bottles than the individual drinks. So it is not just a stunt, but a way that you can save a little bit of money. Then on the last day, it was a half day because we were leaving, but got to explore the floating market. So the floating market is a little less involved than one may think and and, and less involved that I know some of the other floating markets in, like, call it Asia, are. But basically, they're, they're, the boats are where their inventory is stashed, and then it's a, a big fruit market. Um, that where they where they have fresh fruit and everything lining the streets, so you get you do have the the water in the background. There's like a canal that runs that runs through, and then one of the actually one of the more one of the landmarks is the bridge that goes over. It's like it's very it's, it's beautiful, um, but you have that in the background. But you have these you know fresh fruits and veggies in front of your face for your for your taking which is a good time and then went to Sud de Plaza now this was a spot that was not on on my radar but it was probably the best meal that I had when I was there for twenty dollars it's like cafeteria style uh well and not like that I, I don't know if everybody had Morrison's or but I feel like everybody growing uh let me not speak to everybody's experience in growing up but when I was growing up there were these like cafeteria style spots where you could go and get a hot plate and you walk you through the line and you get get a meat get a couple sides get a piece of bread and get you a, a fountain drink 
and that was kind of the feel that I got while it was a sit-down restaurant. The menus looked like they had been printed in the back, so I knew that the food was about to be jamming, and it did not disappoint. It was Caribbean-style food for $20. I had snapper, red beans and rice, plantains, veggies, and then this dope potato spinach spinach mashup that I'm really trying to figure out what it is because I want to recreate it. Truthfully, my mama used to do that all the time when I was growing up. She would like reverse engineer, like she would she would break down the ingredients while she was tasting it and then would write them down. And then when the waitress came up, she would ask, she would like catch them off guard and ask them all the ingredients that were in it, get them to confirm it, and then she would take she would go home and recreate it. So I've tried to do that. That's how honestly how I learned how to cook platanos was just like Asking them what they were doing with them, and then figure, and then figured it out. Like once I once I got to the crib, so I'm gonna try to do the same thing with this potato spinach mashup. All that y'all need to know is that it was flame, 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 flame. It was very, very, very dope, and the food in general was popping for the for the whole way. The restaurants in general were were popping as well. So La Boheme was a, a spot we went to for um, brunch quite frequently and it was it was delicious there was a went to this random like motown spot it was it was in governor so if you all google governor the governor restaurant it'll it'll come up but like on the top floor there's like this they just were playing motown for the whole time and then they delivered some like very dope seafood the seafood there is is cracking as you would probably imagine being that close to the water however i will say the service was less than so i would say go manage your appetite accordingly and make sure that you are not starving about to like gnaw off your arm when you go because you might be waiting a while (laughs) just just being real so but the people were very nice people were welcoming i got some questions about the overall safety i felt safe personally but as i've mentioned before uh, there is some privilege that goes into being a big man so in taking a female opinion into consideration she said that she did feel safe and that she would feel comfortable traveling there alone as well so for all the sisters out there that are looking at taking solo trips out there go ahead and do your thing because you're going to be all right nobody is trying to abduct you and i know with the abc island specifically that has happened in aruba i do not have any greater context on that but that was my only connection to aruba was that people were getting taken down there so i do not think that that is an issue in curacao crazy thing that happened there as soon as we got into the airbnb there were draws on the floor near the pool Definitely feel like somebody went skinny dipping there when we were not there. Maybe before our visit. It was very random. I definitely chronicled it on IG. And I did not touch them because I'm not touching anybody's draws. But that, that might be a title. <laughs> but it was that was it was it was wild. But everything else was was all good. Didn't really have any anything that was that was too crazy. Um, I think one the one notable item. So we've been trained here. When you see somebody approach you on the street out of nowhere, they may be looking a little homely. You might look forward, look down, look away while keeping an eye on them, expecting them to let's say it together, ask you for money. And but there was a one poignant experience here. We're walking down the street and this guy was approached us in, in such a way. And as preemptively, we're about to be like, we don't have any money. He says, are you guys from America? And I respond, yes. 
And he just simply thanks us for visiting the country. So to offer gratitude for just people coming to your country, I think just it, I, I just was appreciative of it. And I think that it it caught me definitely caught me off guard. I don't know that anybody would in America would thank someone from another country for visiting here. I think we'd be more likely to tell them to get out as quickly as possible uh, just with whoo. The Trump effect. But that's neither here nor there. Not going to get political on this. However, the people there are very kind, very helpful. So you should be welcomed. I'm trying to think if there were any other questions. I know you all were really great about hitting me in the DM asking about just questions, just letting your questions know, be known. Oh, the cliff, the cliff jumping after y'all try to play me out on it. So the, the cliff, the cliff jumping, it was, it was just kind of random. So there were a couple sites. One was the one I jumped off of and posted, which was like 40 feet high. And the other one was only like 20. So it was like child's play, you know, but it, the 40 foot one, I was, I got a question if I was nervous. I, I was, I was a little nervous because everybody hopped off. They told us that it was going to be there, that you would have the opportunity. So it wasn't just a random by happenstance. I was like, oh, there's a cliff. Let me run and dive off it. However, I <laughs> when people hopped off the bus so fast, and I was starving. So I like naturally being the fat boy. I went to look at look and see if there were food options available. And when I saw that there were not, I, I walked over because I knew I did want a cliff, cliff jump. But there, all the people who had walked over from the bus were just standing around. And when, and I was like, "Why haven't you all gone?" They're like, "Oh, we're just like talking about." It. They were they were tight. They were too tight to 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 jump. So I look up. I'm like, "Well, you know, y'all not gonna stop my show. I just need the necessary information." So I like walk up onto the ledge and like look look down. And then I turn around, and when I tell you all these people had, I realized it was a spectacle, and there were phones already being pulled out and all that stuff. It made me very uncomfortable, very nervous. And then this one gal tried to, like, hurry me up, and I had to get with her real quick. I was like, what I don't need is for you try to hurry me up when you're not going to do anything. So let's just simmer down. Let's reel it in a little bit. I just hate when people who ain't about that action are trying to, like, make you about that action, trying to, like, hurry you up when there was no rush. You just want to see somebody do it. It just, it just pissed me off. And she didn't do anything crazy, but she was trying to, like, count me down. Like, I was, like, looking and calculating and trying to figure out how I was feeling. She's like, and three, two, one. I was like, okay, now leave me alone. Like, just just fall back like your seat's reclining. So I went back. I asked the tour guide. I was like, hey, you know, how deep is it? Knowing now, like, there's, I guess he could know, but I don't know how. He didn't measure it, so it's hearsay. And he was basically saying that it was, like, three, four meters deep. Like, you're not going to be able to to get down there so after i finished calculating <laughs> what a meter how, how long a meter was i felt like semi-comfortable and i was asking there was like a dark uh area beneath me i was like are these rocks he was like no it's not he's like they, he's like they are i don't know if he, he answered me directly actually but he was basically saying like whatever it is don't worry about it like you're not gonna touch it and i was like okay cool and then i like waited for a second i kind of faked out a couple people and then i like jumped off and as soon as my feet left the platform, I was like, why in the hell did you do this? This was so unnecessary. <laughs> uh, because I'm very anti-skydiving. Like, I have no desire to go skydiving whatsoever, ever in life. Like, it, I just don't need to. I was looking earlier. That's what, at the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh, absolutely not. I was looking uh, looking at a uh, hang gliding video. And I was like, I would never do that. But I know International P has. So, like, you know, different strokes for different folks, whatever. 
anyways, yeah, I was a little bit, I was a little tight, but I was able to persevere and get through it for a dope video. Luckily, yeah, luckily, um, one of the people that was on the tour was able to get like the full video. So I was pretty hyped about that. But yeah, outside of that, I mean, I, it was, it was, I was kind of nervous about it, but you got to push through, got pushed through such as life. Lastly, thank you all for those of you who responded to my poll regarding interest about the travel guide's first official group trip. And if you all would be down for, for Curacao. And I think that you all have persuaded us to, to go ahead and move forward and at least like see it through a little bit. I've talked to you all before that I was very leery about getting into the group travel game, even though thankfully, you know, I'm very thankful for y'all. A lot of, a lot of y'all have asked about when, when we're going to plan our own trip and, and instead of promoting other people. <laughs> but I just haven't really wanted that headache, man. People get real, people get very, particular about their travel situation and i'm not one to deal with particular opinions i will just you take it or leave it so (laughs) i'm gonna try to grow in this endeavor and but we're gonna try to put together a real tight itinerary for y'all so that it's appealing and y'all can do a lot of what you've heard in this episode and we can blow out a few things i built a couple partnerships down there so i think it'll be a good time so if you all are are interested we're targeting Labor Day weekend, so mark your calendars, as well as just keep out, keep an eye out for more details. They should be coming soon. I'm trying to keep these episodes, tighten them up a little bit, make them a little bit more informative for y'all. So when y'all are looking to go to, oh, I want to go to Curacao, you can immediately go to the Travel Guides episode on that. And you can get all the valuable information that you need. We piloted something similar called the peanut episode last year. Seemed like you all liked it. So I'm going to try to incorporate that in my solo episodes. Now, we have guests that obviously will be formatted a little different. However, on the solo episodes, this is kind of how we're thinking about formatting them. Current events in the news, feature place, all the vital information, things to look out for at the at the cat so give me your feedback let me know you guys know additionally from following us at the travel guides at gq50 at yessuro7 yes sir you you guys can always email us at not not at symbol <laughs> but to the email address the travel guides at gmail.com Lastly, we're opening this thing up for some advertising it will not be anything overwhelming however if you or somebody that you know is affiliated with a company that needs to get some shine we're happy to share the message with our thousands of listeners those inquiries should also be directed to the aforementioned email address the travel guides at gmail.com also for those of you who have not visited the website or if you have visited the website everybody just go to the website www.thetravelguides.world yes i said dot world some really cool stuff over there we're building it out more going to add a few more features as i mentioned we're developing our youtube channel and so there will be a plug in there so you'll just have access to all things travel guides for you and 
I know I've been telling you that the I've been giving you all updates on the merch. We have finally gotten everything that we need to move forward with that. So the, that should be coming at you pretty soon. I'd say in the next month. So keep an eye out for for that and for all the cool things that we have going on with the travel guides. I think that'll do it. So thank you for tuning in. And remember, your next adventure is just a click away.